a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and I'm going to introduce to you Dan Lillianquist. He's the Chief Strategy Officer at Intermountain Healthcare. And there is a new development that I was so caught by because what it's going to do is make prescription medication more affordable and more available to us. And it's called Civica RX. Sorry, Rebecca. Great to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us. Tell us about the beginnings of Civica RX. Well, I don't think it'll be um, a surprise to many of your listeners to know that generic drug prices have skyrocketed. Um, the example of Martin Shkreli several years ago, taking a drug that had been on the market for 50 years and um, cornering that market and raising the price of an essential life-saving medication by 5,000%. And it was legal until... Well, it's still legal. Uh Um, If you... uh, Drug pricing is set by the companies who manufacture the drugs. And when you have one producer in a market, and it's a drug that people need, they can raise the price up to almost whatever they want to do. I know when I first met you, I was um, letting you know that my father and his wife are seniors on a fixed income. And when we took a look at their monthly expenditures on medication, it was over $1,500 a month just for medication. And so the influence that that pricing has on medication, on our day-to-day life is just extraordinary because at some point people have to make the decision. Can I take what I need to be healthy? Can I not afford it? Yeah. Right. And, and and it shouldn't be that way. You know, particularly for, for generic drugs, these are drugs that, that you know, as a society we've paid for. Uh, we, we, of course, want to spur innovation. We want the, the innovative companies to develop new drugs that help us uh, live healthier, better lives. But there comes a point when those when those drugs, when those formulas eventually enter the public domain, meaning that the patent protection period expires, they they become eligible for generic competition. And it's it's what's troubling to me, deeply troubling to me, is that the generic drug market now is seeing really aggressive price hikes by, by companies that have cornered markets. And they didn't develop the drug. They did none of the research and they found a way to corner the market. And, and I think this is new information for most of us because when we hear the term generic, it for me evoked, or at least for many years, the idea that there is no longer somebody cornering the market on this medication. It can now be produced by multiple people and therefore be generic. But that's not the correct description. Well, that's is not it? the correct description. Right. So after Martin Shkreli raised his price, I, you know, I, I thought, why is this happening? How, how, why isn't competition coming into the market to to bring that price down? And so we started looking around inside of Intermountain Healthcare and, and asking ourselves this question, are we seeing this behavior in other parts of the market? And we found that nearly 200 essential medications at Intermountain Healthcare 
I have fallen into this into this situation where there's one producer that has 70, 80% of the market share. They have enormous control over price. And you know what they do to maximize the amount of money they can make? They restrain supply. I mean, one of the reasons why monopolies are so dangerous and they're considered a market failure is the way a monopolist maximizes the money it makes is by restraining supply. Then you find out just how desperate your customers are. Well, I will tell you at Intermountain Healthcare, if we have a sick patient who needs a drug, we will do we will almost, we will pay almost anything it takes to get that drug to save our patient's life. And in in healthcare, this is an area that's particularly ripe for abuse. And so we found again 190 essential medications that are in this situation. And we thought, you know, this is not an acceptable situation. It's putting patient care at risk. It's it's really damaging the economics of of the market. You already have individuals people. who are um, having health problems already right. with expenditures that are related to uh, whether it be medical treatment, loss of income because they're not working, and then they're victims to this market. Right, oh. and and th- look, there are problems all over in the healthcare market, but in specifically when when a drug that we own as a society is allowed to be cornered by one group. There are real problems. I mean, I'll just give you one example. There's a drug called isoproterenol. It's it's used to treat heart conditions. It's, again, been around for decades. Um, there was once a time where there were multiple manufacturers in that market, and the price got bid down probably a little bit too low to where some of the manufacturers just left the space. So, you know, the fair price is probably around $10 a vial, while the price dropped to 2 and you know, just fierce competition for that market. And then people left that market, and the remaining player then raised the price to $2,000 a vial. Wow. It had nothing to do with how expensive it was for them to produce exactly. it. Exactly. And everything about looking at it's now in demand. Exactly. It oh. was the dislocation between how much it actually cost to make the drug versus how much they marketed it for. You know, let me go back to that Martin Shkreli example. The reason and was why, it the EpiPen that he? No, it oh. was a, a drug called Daraprim, which okay. is a, a it's um, the active ingredient is pyrimethamine, um, a very simple compound uh, that was developed in the in the 1950s, and it treats a, a parasitic infection called toxoplasmosis, which really affects children and and people with compromised immune systems. So this drug, uh, again. You can buy an entire kilogram of pyrimethamine for $47. You could press 40,000 tablets, pyrimethamine tablets, out of that, that kilogram and for, for just north of, tenth of a tenth of a penny of tablet. You could make the entire nationwide supply of Daraprim for about $250,000. And this guy has turned it into a $100 million market because he cornered that market. And, and raised up the price. So he's selling, this pill sells for seven cents a pill in India and it's selling for $750 a pill here. And, um, you know, what's interesting is to me is we've known about Daraprim for a while now. It's been four years and nobody's come into that market to compete for Daraprim. And, you know, that's the kind of thing we're trying to fix with Civica. It's just, it's just not right. If the money that's flowing into the market is actually flowing to find your own Daraprim, because if you can corner a market and jack up the price, you can just print money at the expense of society at large and patients specifically. 
And um, that's what we're trying to solve for with Civica. This is Dan Lillianquist, who is the Chief Strategy Officer with Intermountain Healthcare. And let's talk about what Civica RX is, especially when it comes to the solution, because you know, I don't want to overuse um, the term mind-blowing. But for me, just hearing that information and understanding that there are producers of medication that are purposely pulling um, uh, medication off the market or limiting supply in order to drive a profit, it actually makes me a little sick to my stomach because yeah, there's so sure. many vulnerable people there. So Civica RX was born from this realization that we need to make sure that more people have affordable access to medication. That's right. So as we thought about it at Intermountain Healthcare, we thought, you know, these are inputs to the care we provide. We have to have this resolved. We have dozens of people at Intermountain trying to track down drugs that should be readily available every day. And they're calling up other hospitals saying, hey, do you, can you spare a vial of this or a vial of that? And I don't think that patients around the country, by the way, this is every health system in the country is struggling with this that patients really realize that that's going on in the background. No. It's, it's very troubling. So our concept was very simple. We buy these drugs. We buy these drugs every day. Intermountain buys these drugs. Mayo Clinic buys these drugs. Everybody buys these drugs who's providing hospital care. And we will be for the next 50 years. So why not band together and create a not-for-profit generic drug company that would be owned by society at large with no shareholders, whose mission would be to make sure that essential generic medications are available and affordable, and really in that order. How do we make sure that there's enough supply, and then how do we make sure that it's priced at the right level and there's no manipulation going on? And the idea essentially is to create a societally owned public utility model for the manufacture and distribution of essential generic drugs. So we were kicking around this idea at Intermountain, and, you know, we're not big enough, certainly not big enough to do it on our own. And so I just started making phone calls. In my service in the state Senate, I got to know uh, Governor Levitt very well. And in August of 2016, I sat next to him on a flight back from Washington. I said, Mike, here's what I'm working on. and Health and Human Services. Yeah, in, Health and Human in, Services. In Washington, D.C., yeah. sure. And he, he said, you know, Dan, I never thought about that before. He made some connections to other health systems. And, you know, by midsummer of last summer, we had just a terrific group of hospitals, including the Veterans Affairs, collaborating on this. And um, we found some retired manufacturing executives, some people who came from the industry uh, who understand generic drug manufacturing to its core, who volunteered their time to help us figure this out. And... Uh, we made our announcement in January that we were putting this together. We had just an overwhelming response. We've had over 120 hospital systems around the country reach out. And uh, we really worked hard over the last six months to figure out the governance model, the operating model to validate that. And then on September 6th, we announced uh, that you know our governing members, um, including three major philanthropies, our, our CEO and, and the name of the company, and we're now operating. That means, for those of you who just joined us, this is Dan Lillianquist, the Chief Strategy Officer with Intermountain Healthcare. With the formation of Civica Rx, that means that you are actively, that organization is actively looking for the opportunities to take generic medication that is, that is on the market and, and produce it and distribute it at a price that is not um, 
affected by supply and demand on the for-profit market. Can That's right. You, is that right? So, okay. so our goal is, look, our goal is j- just like a public utility would, um, how much does the market need of this drug? So it's not sh- we don't run into shortages because, again, it's the shortage situation that is really putting patient care at risk. How do we resolve shortages and do so in a way that um, the price is the most appropriate price. And the way we organize Civica is we organize as a Delaware non-stock, non-profit corporation. Tell me what that means because I read that and I wasn't quite sure what the Delaware Association was. So tell me more about so that. We, we, Delaware has really clear um, corporate law. And so they have a construct that allows you to set up a not-for-profit organization that um, that can be in the business of manufacturing or, or any other business for that matter but with, with a construct that, that allows you to not have any ownership interests in it. In other words, shareholders are not yeah. going to be profiting, just the community at exactly. large. Exactly. Okay. So we organize in this construct as a Delaware non-stock nonprofit corporation, which means that nobody owns Civica. Nobody. There's never going to be a dividend check written out to anybody. There's never going to be you know a home run, take it public payday for anybody. That's just not how it works. And we, we brought in 10 governing members that are going to essentially act more like a public service commission than shareholders because nobody owns this. They're going to come in to, to govern the company, to set up the board of directors. And so Intermountain Healthcare is one of those organizations. But we had seven major health systems and three major philanthropies who are going to help govern this, what we think is, and Wall Street Journal also thinks is the first of its kind construct in the country. Nationwide. Nationwide. It will serve patients nationwide. And and it will take a unanimous vote of every governing member to ever change it to anything else. So we have basically made it an impossibility for anybody to ever go and make money off of Civica. And the goal is to really create a platform for society to say – this is the this is the safe place for generic drugs to be manufactured in a in a transparent cost effective way and uh, civica will not enter parts of the market that are functioning well but where the market is not functioning well civica is willing to enter and be the manufacturer of last resort if need be so if healthcare systems are involved in the idea creation and the formation um are, are is this governing uh, team involved in identifying which generic medications are most in need? What is What are the, the best way as for us to begin the type of medication to begin with? Or yeah, that's that? right. And so the primary role, the governance of, the, of Civica will be around, one, making sure that the, the leaders of the company stay true to the mission, vision, and values of the organization. And again, the mission is to make sure that essential generic medications are available and affordable to everyone. Um, so that's the primary role. So I serve as chairman of the board. We have a terrific board of directors, but that's the role of the board is to make sure we stay honest and true to the mission. Uh, we have advisory committees to the board of directors that will work with the civic management team to identify which drugs to manufacture. And, and, and that is primarily our first goal is to make sure that essential medications are available. So our first primary interest is in solving the shortage issue for essential medications, and that's primarily impacting inpatient care. So, you know, we know that if we don't have the right rotation of antibiotics, for example, which are which are critical to 
staving off infection, that hospital mortality rate, you know, it, it skyrockets. People die. And so we are trying to make sure, for example, with antibiotics, that we have a robust supply chain that can get what we need when patients need those antibiotics. And so we're going to start with, again, those areas that really impact patient care first. Uh, But the criteria that we have, we really have three filters as we look at which drugs to make. One, is it on shortage? Second, is it a World Health Organization essential medicine? So the World Health Organization has a list of these are the absolute essential medicines in healthcare. Is it on that list? And then three, have we seen a price increase of more than 50%? Are we seeing manipulation, price manipulation over the last little bit? And those are the filters. We found literally hundreds of drugs that fit those categories. And then from there, we're really looking at what are the drugs in that, that list that are that put patients most at risk if we can't get them, and we're going to start there. It will be based in uh, in Utah, Civica yeah. RX. Yeah, so the headquarters will be here in Utah. We will manufacture probably all over the country, but it will be domestic U.S. manufacturing. We want to make sure we have a very tight view into the quality and safety of the product. Well, and you express that Civica RX is the first of its kind in this country. Do we know if anything like this has been established in other countries? You know, not that we know of. Um, this is the first real kind of intended to be an operating company that hopefully will have product on the market where there is no ownership um, except for society at large, really. And so we, we, we don't know of any other model like this. I know that one of the other things that caught my eye when you expressed that uh, it's a nonprofit owned by society. There there has been a movement, Intermountain Healthcare has been a part of it, where we've been trying to educate patients in um, how to identify how to lower their own healthcare costs, um, rather than just accepting charges that come your way, making sure things are more transparent all the way through. Um, will there be opportunities for the public to suggest a medication that they may feel is in need an essential medication that's in need. You know, of course, you know, Rebecca, one of the interesting things, maybe the gratifying yet heartrending thing, um, you know, we made this announcement in January. I, I think the count got as high as we had almost, I think, over 12 billion social media impressions. We had emails and letters and really kind of desperate people saying, will you please make this drug? I can't afford it. I can't. It's heartrending. Um it was also gratifying to know we were trying to do something about it, that there was some hope. And, um, you know, I don't think people realize the amount of suffering that's going on broadly on this. It's, 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 um, it's all over the place. We are not going to be able to, to make every drug out of the gates, but our goal is long-term to make sure that Civica is the, is the honest broker in the market and are willing to step into broken markets that are being manipulated and making sure make sure that patients have a fair and affordable price for for these essential drugs. So we will start with hospital-administered drugs because that's, again, where the shortages are most acute. And typically where the patients that are in much highest need yeah, are if they're exactly, impatient. Exactly, where the highest needs are, where it's literally a matter of life and death. And But, we, but our mission is broad enough to go far past that. And uh, for me personally... Um, my hope is that is that 30 years from now, this will be we won't have these problems in the generic drug market because of the role Civica will play. That's pretty impressive. 
And it's very gratifying, especially when, as you mentioned, the heartfelt uh, messages you're receiving from around the country, people saying, I need my medication and I need it at an aff- a price that I can afford because the price of medication can be um, so impactful in the quality of our life if we have to make decisions between medication and groceries, medication and rent, uh, those difficult decisions. So to me, it's very, very heartfelt to to think about the individuals whose lives will be impacted by Civica Rx. Do we have an official start date when medication will start to become available through Civica Rx? And will it typically be accessed by the healthcare systems versus individual patients? Yes, yeah, so we will start with hospital-administered drugs. These are drugs, you know, sterile injectable drugs that you're delivering through an IV bag or, or direct injection into a vein. Uh, that's where we're starting. Again, that's where the biggest challenges are. And so we expect to have, so we have, you know, obviously 200 drugs that are on that, that, that on that, on that, you know, on that critical list. shortage sure. list that we've got to get to, but we, you can't do those all one time. So we got together the chief pharmacy officers from our seven governing member health systems. And I just want to say with respect to size, I mean, Intermountain, had we not been driving this, we weren't even big enough to be in the room. There are major health systems here. We're so delighted they're coming with us, you know, Mayo Clinic and um, Hospital Corporation of America, which is the Mountain Star Network in this market. They, uh, and, and, so it's a true know, collaboration. It's a true collaboration, mm-hmm. and, and they have been wonderful, wonderful partners. Who are uh, the philanthropic members of the Yeah, board? so our philanthropic members are the Laura and John Arnold Foundation, uh, the Peterson Center on Healthcare, and the Gary and Mary West Foundation. And these are three national A-list philanthropies uh, that have been funded by uh, you know, very wealthy individuals who are trying to impact society. We are absolutely delighted to have them with us. And I interrupted your answer to my question of when will the light turn green and when will healthcare systems be yeah. able to, to purchase the generic uh, medication that Civica Rx will be manufacturing and distributing? Or is so, it on? Is so it we, going? So we got everybody mm-hmm. together. We, we identified, we tried to limit it to 10, but we couldn't do it. So we, we came up with a target list of 14 drugs. And we think we will have at least 10 of those 14 drugs on the market early next year. And so, and solving a very critical immediate need for the hospitals. Um, and then once we finish those, we'll move on to the next year and the next year. But our goal is to, um, to work through that list until there are no shortages and there's no manipulation going on in the market. It's called Civica Rx, and this is the Chief Strategy Officer with Intermountain Healthcare, Dan Lillianquist. If somebody wants more information about this, where, where's the best place for them to go? Well, go to civicarx.org. Um, that's our website. So you'll be able to re- read about what we're trying to do, our mission, vision, and values. And um, But I think there's also been a fair amount of new- news coverage on this. So um, a good Google search will give you a, give you plenty. Anytime the Wall Street Journal gives you some attention, too, that's fantastic because it, it, it's reflecting the economic impact yeah. that Civica RX you know, and, and will have. Rebecca, just after our announcement on September 6th, um, we had 1,400 news articles published on this worldwide. It was all over. And so there's plenty of coverage out there. I think it reflects kind of an interest um, that people have is why can't somebody fix this? And uh, I think the realization for us at Intermountain Healthcare is if, if the health systems don't do it, nobody can do it. And, um, you know, this is 
we felt a little bit like it was an obligation to give this a shot. Mm. Especially when you, again, put the perspective in that this is life and and death in the balance. This is quality of life. This is health care. And I appreciate so much the time that you took to come and uh, explain the details of Civica Rx and the mountain it's climbing in order to make that impact to making medication more affordable and more uh, available to the public. Dan Lillian Quist with Civica Rx, actually the chief strategy officer with Intermountain Healthcare and the chairman of the board on Civica Rx. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. What a pleasure. Thank you, Rebecca.